Welcome to the Wellspring Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this Sunday's service. I don't know how many of you made it last week, but we celebrated two years of being a house, a body, and um, and we just had such a good time. We had beautiful testimonies. If you weren't here or you didn't get to watch online, I would encourage you to go on our Facebook and go check it out. It was good. So y'all ready for the word today? I have something I'm excited about. I, I think it's for this hour, it's for this time, and, um, and so I'm ready. Y'all ready? Come on, let's, I know we've been worshiping and praying, but let's just pray again, because I, I want, and more than just praying, I want us to position our hearts rightly before the Lord. And uh, I love worship. I could, if you know, if you've been around a little while, you know that is like who we are, right? You come on a Wednesday night, and we're just going to worship. We're going to pray. And, and that's just, we love his presence, and I believe he is our source. But <clears throat> worship is awesome, but you need the word. You need the word of God. You need, you need to um, seek him even on your own where it's, I, I'm digging into the word of God. It is our daily bread. It is our continual bread of life. He, he, is, he sustains you with his word. Amen. And so I want you to tune in today. I want you to bring your Bibles to church or your cell phones that have your Bibles on them. And I want you to take notes and I want you to say, Lord, what are you speaking to me? What is the, being a part of a family, I don't know about you, but my family, every once in a while, we have to have family meetings. Okay. It's like, you, you know, me and also start noticing some stuff and we're like, oh, we need to have a family meeting. Like, this is important. And, uh, and, and we gather our kids and we'll say, all right, guys, this is what it is, <laughs> you know. And you lay down the law, you know, here, this is, this is what's going to happen. And then as parents, you do your best to stick to what you just threaten your kids with, right? <laughs> and um, I'm joking. But, you know, for us is that being a part of a house and a family, what we do is, I, you know, our heart, me and Austin, our team, is we don't ever want to come here on a Sunday morning and just give you, like, just a good idea, but our hearts are that we would say, what is the Lord speaking to this body? I believe that he gives us that responsibility to not just um, preach a word, but to preach the word that the Lord is speaking for right now, right? And uh, his word, his revelatory word, it produces life. And, uh, and so that's, so when we're here this morning, we're like coming, it's not like we're in trouble, but we're coming for like a family meeting saying, Father, what do you have for us today? What, what are you leading us as a body? What are you speaking to us as a whole? Like I hope during the week and throughout your life that you are hearing what the Lord's saying and he's speaking to you. That should be a normal part of your life. But there's something about when we gather as a body and we say corporately, Lord, what are you saying to your body? Amen. So. Today, I want to talk about being discipled by Jesus. And uh, discipleship, if you've been in church, you know you've heard the word, okay? And, and so today, I want to kind of like maybe um, talk about a little bit about what discipleship is not. Because I believe a lot of times what we think discipleship is, it kind of reduces 
the, the power of it and what Jesus calls us to. And, and then I want to talk about what it actually is. And um, I believe discipleship is God's cure to the human condition. Say that again. I believe discipleship is God's cure to the human condition. Um, it, it confronts the self-life, the angry life, the unfaithful life, the depressed life, the shameful life, etc., etc. It confronts all those things. I believe a life that is, uh, when you become a disciple of Jesus, it will confront all those things in you that you carry that he never made you for. So I want to dig deep. I want to, again, I want, I want to remove the, the fallacy that discipleship is somehow just a class you go to or it's a church growth program or um, a book you read or, you know, like all those things are beneficial, but that is not discipleship. Discipleship is not this idea of how many people are you investing in and who's investing in you and all these. It's not that discipleship is this. Dis, or discipleship is when you are in prox, a close enough proximity to someone that you can see the way they live, and then you can actually live your life like they live their life. Like you, they actually, how they live their life begins to define the reality in which you live. Okay? Let me, let me say it like this. To be a disciple is to be a learner of someone's way of life so that you can embody what they have defined about reality. It this, being a disciple means that whoever it is that you are being discipled by is completely defining your life and your reality. The way you see life, the way you do life, the way you live, sleep, and breathe. And so we cannot reduce it to a class. I love classes. We should have classes. But... Jesus has given each of you a personal invitation to be discipled by him. Right? He has given you a personal invitation. And um, Jesus said this in Matthew 10, verse 25. He said, it is enough for students to be like their teachers. Turn to somebody and say, it is enough. It is enough. It is enough for a student to become like his teacher. I believe that phrase, it is enough. Some of us need a little it is enough in our lives. You know what I mean? Where you, has anybody ever felt like it's never enough? <laughs> you know, like everything I do, it's never enough. All the good things I try and do, trying to, as a parent, all the, it's never enough. And Jesus is wanting to introduce you and bring you, introduce you to a, it is enough life. It is enough. Where it's not like feeling heavy and burdened and weighed down. He's wanting to say, hey, it is enough for you to be like me. And, and I want to share with you today that that is not a heavy thing. You see, the thing is, is we never graduate from discipleship. We never graduate from being his disciple. It is the walking with him. It is the 
learning from him. It's the, hey, I recognize that this in my life doesn't look like that in your life. And so, Jesus, I need you to teach me. It is the, it's okay for you to say, hey, I don't have it together, but I need you to teach me. I want you to teach me. I need to learn from you. And not just, not just so I can do what you do, but so that what you desire, the, the way that you des, your desire about that thing, I want that to be my desire about that thing. Not where it's just like, you know, I heard somebody talking about obedience, right? It's, so let me, let me give it in terms of generosity, okay? Just because you give what the Lord tells you to give doesn't make you generous. You've only been obedient. You haven't been generous. Generous is when you actually have his desire. When you actually have his desire, and it's no longer that you're just doing what you've told, but it has actually become my desire to be generous. I've actually not, I'm not just doing what I know to do. I am what he is. Right? So that's what the discipleship produces. Yes, it may start with obedience, but as you are around him enough, you begin to take on his very nature. And it's no longer where he has to tell you what to do. It's like, I know because of who he is and because I I have been found in him and it is enough for me to be like him, I'm just doing what I know he would already do. He doesn't have to tell me to love people because I've been around him enough and he's deposited his love in me and that's the natural response of my life. How will, you, how will the world know that we are his disciples? By the love that we have for one another. Right? And so it's what he is producing from the inside out in us. So being a disciple, being discipled by Jesus will confront every area of your life. It will confront everything socially, mentally, spiritually. It will confront everything with your job, your finances. It it is supposed to confront every realm of your life. It is not that you have, well, this is my spiritual day on a Sunday where I go to church. That, That is not discipleship. Discipleship is I have invited him into every nook and cranny of my life and I have given him permission to do whatever he wants. That's discipleship. That's the life we're called to. It's not like, well, God, you have this part over here, but this thing right here is kind of, this is my thing, Jesus. You know, don't touch this. We're good as long as you don't touch that. And, you know, I I get it that there are some things that are, some things you don't want anybody to touch, right? Because it can hurt right? But Jesus, his, his being discipled by him will confront every area. Amen. In a good way. He's, so let me, let me give you some scripture because this shows his heart. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew 11. Whoops. I think I just somehow deleted Matthew 11 in, um, in my notes. So let me, it's, I know I'm All right. Jesus said this. He says, then then Jesus exclaimed, Father, thank you for you are Lord, the supreme ruler over heaven and earth. 
And you have hidden the great revelation of your authority from those who are proud and think they are wise and unveiled, uh, and unveiled it instead to little children. One mark of someone who is, who is a disciple of Jesus is humility. It's that you have this, and this is what humility is. Humility is that you have come completely dependent on the Father. Everything in your life is dependent on him means this, is that you're not approaching like, Jesus, look, I've been through all the classes. I know this, this, and this. Look, can, can we just get to what I don't know? It's, it's saying, Jesus, I'm bringing everything I know and I don't know, and I need you. You constantly can take everything that I already know and shift it. You can, it's, it's all yours. It's all yours. It is whenever, it, it is whenever that we ha- have to call something our own. We have a need to call something our own. That, that very thing will cut us off from the revelation of who Jesus is. You know, the, the scripture in Matthew 5 where Jesus, the, the Beatitudes, he, he says, blessed are the poor in spirit. It actually says this, blessed are the poor in spirit for they shall inherit the kingdom of God. What it's saying is blessed are those who count nothing as their own for everything will be given to them. It is, blessed are you when you know that everything you have comes from him. Everything you need comes from him. That is the life he invites us into. Y'all good this morning? All right. Let me keep going in Matthew 11. Yes, Father, you've chosen the gracious plan to extend your kingdom. You have entrusted me with all you are and all that you have. No one fully and intimately knows the Son except the Father, and no one fully and intimately knows the Father except the Son. But the Son is able to unveil the Father to anyone he chooses. Just know it's the heart of Jesus to reveal to you the Father. He wants to disciple you. He wants to teach you. He wants to show you the ways of the kingdom. And then he goes on to say this. He says, are you weary? Anybody weary out there? Anybody carrying a heavy burden? He says this, come to me. This is his invitation to discipleship. Come to me. I will refresh your life for I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you'll discover. So he's saying this, when you learn my ways, this is what you'll discover. I'm gentle, I'm humble, and I'm easy to please. Is that, is that how you see him? Is that how you see him? Really ask yourself, is that the way you've seen the Lord? Maybe whenever we have thoughts about God that conflict with that, it's because we haven't learned his ways. Maybe it's because we thought that he was one way when he's really another, right? But Jesus is giving you this invitation that says, Look, when you are completely mine, when you've lost the need for it to be, lost the need to figure it out on your own, lost the need to have accolades and all these things, this is who I am. We said, when you've lost all that and you've come to me and you know that it's about who I am in you, that's when you're going to learn my ways. That's when you're going to learn that I'm gentle. I'm easy. I'm humble. I'm easy to please. That's who I am, Right? And he says, you will find refreshment and rest in me for all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. 
Um, so, find my place in my notes since I deleted something. Y'all good this morning? Yes. All right. So we are being transformed into his image when we come to him. That's what discipleship is. You're being transformed into his image. The Bible says that as Jesus was in the earth, so are we, or as Jesus is. Meaning this is that we are meant to be a representation of Jesus. Not, we're, we are not meant to be people who are just simply just trying to be like him. It means that we've been in such close proximity with him and we're allowing him to shape our lives and our minds that we are literally like him in the earth. Does that make sense? I'm trying to, to bring the difference between us just trying to be like him and us actually becoming <laughs> like him. And you only become like him by choosing to be discipled by him. It is your choice to be discipled by him. It is a heart posture. It is a way that you've positioned your life. It is a choice that you have made to be discipled by Jesus. It is a daily walking with him. It is a, in every moment, I, I know, look, for me, I'm, I'm learning still, okay? Every, we are all learning. We're always learning to be discipled. I, I, I'm not going to pretend like I live every day in the glory of God, okay? My life isn't like walking around in a glory cloud. It is, I, I am... Um, I am learning to walk with him. But I, I have found this is that there is an invitation, not just to try and be good and not just to try and figure A, B, and C out, but there's an invitation from him to actually be with him and to see him and to hear him. And what happens is as we see him, we become like him. That is discipleship. A good book about Jesus is awesome, but it will never produce what actually being with him does. Okay, the greatest podcast, the greatest message. This message cannot do it for you. I hope that the only thing that this message is what it will do is it will drive you to the secret place with him and make you say, Lord, I need you. That's it. So discipleship, it, it is a being fully submitted and surrendered to him. It is, I no longer want to view life the way that I can figure it out. Lord, I need you to shape my thinking. I need you to shape my living. Every part of it, Jesus should be shaping everything for us. He should be, he should be the one shaping the way that you see the world, the way that you see government, the way you see politics, the way you see education, the way you see family, Jesus should be shaping that. And we should not, we should not feel that we have any right to take on any thought or opinion that is not his. That is the Christian life. That is the, the life of a disciple. It is, Lord, every aspect of my hobbies, Lord, does this please you? Does this please you? Does this, is this me becoming more like you? Or is this just a habit that I've picked up just because it is replacing a need that I'm not getting met actually in you? It is, it is, it is, it is, it, 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 it is extreme, okay? It is, it, there is, there is no like, 
Well, you know, what about, it, it is fully his. Look, I, 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 I feel like for me in my heart, I've fully said yes to him. And I'm, I'm learning to walk with him. There are so many places in my life I'm becoming like him and that I need him. I need, I need to become like him. And, but I found this, is that he loves when I enjoy life, okay? He does. My, I found this in my life, is that there is, in surrender, there is so much joy and goodness. He loves when I catch big fish. <laughs> he, he loves, he, he, I found, I, I'll tell you this, I, he, I, I believe that he, he takes delight in me finding that place and me enjoying those things. But even in something, yeah, Bernie, come on, somebody testify. Um, but even with something like that is I hold that loosely before the Lord. Like, I love that. But, Lord, the moment that I'm doing that because I, I, I don't have joy anywhere else, you know, that I need, his, I need him to come and say, hey, I, I love this part of your life, but that is beginning to replace something. That's beginning to rob you when you actually, you, you don't even know it. You're getting lost in that. It's robbing you of your family. And I'm, so the point I'm trying to make is even the good thing in your life, the Lord knows how to direct you into where it becomes something that even in it, it is a joy and it's not robbing from you. Amen? And so this is the life that we've been given is that, look, every, whenever we say yes to him, it is not a yes to coming to church for an hour on a Sunday morning. It is, Lord, here is my life. Lord, this, everything I have right here, everything in my life, everything that's in my possession, the, the field that I've been given, the garden I've been given, Lord, I present that to you. How, what's the best way to do it? How should I think about it? Where am I thinking wrong? Where am I seeing wrong? Where am I feeling wrong? Lord, here's my past. I've seen it a certain way. There's this person, they really hurt me, and I'm mad at them. Lord, but I need, I need to invite you into that. I need to be discipled in this. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do this, but you do. You do. You know my heart. You know the Father's heart. Your, your, your will for me is that I would know your ways and that I would find rest and refreshment in you. So I need to offer everything that I'm placed in my life that I'm not finding rest and refreshment, I need to offer up to you and I need you to teach me. It's the humility of saying, Lord, I don't have it together. I think I'm really smart, but you're smarter. You know? So I lay all my smartness at your feet, right? And so the Lord wants to lead you. It is who he is. You were designed to be led by him. It is in your makeup. And so, y'all good? His way is light and free. It doesn't mean things aren't hard. It, it, it doesn't mean that trouble won't come. Jesus promised that. And, and I'm going to talk about, well, I'm going I'm to talk about that. I'm about to jump into it. Um, let me say this, is you don't become like Jesus on accident. Okay? Um, if you are unintentional in being discipled by Jesus, you will unintentionally be discipled by the world. So it's not that I'm like striving to be like him. It's I'm 
constantly surrendering to him. I am intentional in my daily surrender to him. I am intentional in offering up, in, I am intentional in the fact that I need him every day, that I come to him and I'm, I am saying, Lord, I need you. It, it actually does require something from me. It requires some time from me. It requires me turning aside. It requires me having a conversation. It requires me settling my heart before him, right? Because I believe there is intentionality. It requires me coming into the secret place with him. I'm not doing it to get to him. I'm doing it to become like him. I know that in order to be discipled by him, I have to be in close proximity. So you're not going to say, you can't say, well, I, I'm, I'm going to be a disciple. Jesus, disciple me. And then not change anything in your life. Is It has to become the most important thing. It has to be a heart decision to say, Jesus, this is my aim, is that you would teach me, that, you would, that I could learn from you, right? Um, sometimes as he is discipling us, what he is going to require is that you let go of one thing to grab another. It is the, some of us, we're grabbing onto two things, and the Lord is saying, I need you to let go of this so that you can fully give yourself to that. That is what it is in him, is he's saying, it, it, we, we talk a lot in this house about agreement with the Lord, right? And so, but a simple agreement is not enough is it, agreeing with the Lord about one thing, but not coming out of agreement with the other thing, it, it doesn't work, is that you actually have to say no to something and yes to something. That is repentance. Repentance is actually saying no to one thing and yes to another. And that is actually, that, that is the life of the disciple, is that repentance is the changing of the way you think. And so that is kind of like the foundation of discipleship with him is, Lord, change the way I think. I've got to actually let go of how I've been thinking about that so I can actually learn. It is not letting go, right? Hands are closed. Hands are closed. I've got this. You are saying, this is mine. This is how I feel. This is what I think. I have, I have a right to feel like this, and I have a right to think like this. And you become unteachable and closed off. And the Lord, as much as he wants to teach you, he, he, he can't because he gives you that choice. But when you begin to say, okay, I'm making a decision, even as much as I don't understand, and as much as maybe even it hurts to let go of that, I'm letting go to say, Jesus, disciple me. I need you. Amen? Can you imagine Jesus' disciples, right? They were fishermen. They were uneducated men. They go on the road with Jesus. And can you imagine how their worlds were turned upside down, right? Everything they thought about God, they lived in a very religious culture. They were very aware of God, the stories. And so, but when they followed Jesus is everything. So, you know, they had never seen blind eyes opened. They had never, they, they didn't understand why Jesus would love on and minister to a Samaritan woman. But they were in close proximity with him. And as they began to see him in the way he did things, it began to change the way they thought, right? And that's what happens when we're close to him. 
when every day we're like, I gotta be near him, is the way we thought about things, even the way we thought, that, well, this is right and this is the way God would do things. And then God's like, actually, you've missed my heart. And he wants you to have his heart. All right? I think there are a few gospels that we have to unlearn. Okay? Um, one, it's the gospel that says everything goes well when you follow Jesus. Um, I, amen. Like, um, I hope everything goes well for you. I do. But it, it, it doesn't. Okay? I'm here to tell you, being his disciple, and you're like, well, if I do A, B, and C, then my life is just going to be peace on all sides. And you will be disappointed. And let me say this, it's just because hard things happen does not mean that God is absent. It does not mean that. He promised you it's go there's going to be things hard because he reigns and rules, but he's not trying to control things. Okay. He is in charge. Let me say it like this and, and get my heart. He is in charge, but he by choice is not in control. Okay? That probably for some of you, you need to hear that as far as the will of God. Is he, is, he leads us by example and invitation. Okay? And so he, there, because he has... As far as for humanity, he has said, I want love relationship with you. I want to disciple you. I want to teach you. I want to teach you through conflict. I want to teach you through hard things. I want to teach you through the person who does some, something they shouldn't have done, that person that I'm not trying to control. And he's, he's, he doesn't promise you that these things won't affect your life or these things won't even hurt you, but he does promise to walk with you. And if you'll let him disciple you through it, you can go through the fire and not be burned. That's his promise. His promise isn't that, it, it is, like David understood, though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, I'll fear no evil because you're with me. And you prepare a table for me, even in the middle of it, that he knew, even in the middle of hard things, Lord, I know that your goodness is present. A lot of times, though, is that we get so fixated on the issue and blaming God that we never leave room for the opportunity in the middle of the mess to recognize who God is and what he's wanting to do. All right? So we've got to leave that gospel behind, okay? This is about you becoming. This is about Jesus wants you to live a powerful enough life because of who he is in you that, yeah, stuff happens, but you're like, hey, on the inside, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Right? Amen. Come on. All right. The, the second gospel that we've got to unlearn is the gospel of self. Um, it, the truth of the gospel is that it is Christ in you. It is who Christ is in you. I, I think that we should, and I'm not trying to be religious in this, but I think we should change our language from it is Christ, who we are in Christ, to who Christ is in us. Okay? This is not about self-discovery. This is about Jesus' discovery. Okay? And uh, the, I, I love, I think it's in um, Colossians that it says that it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. It's in him, though, 
It's in him. Apart from him, you have no idea. You have no idea the potential that's in you until you've been found in him. Right? That should get some of you excited. Can I say this? It's not dependent on you unless you make it dependent on you. And then you have limited yourself and capped yourself in a great way. But whenever it's dependent on him, there's limitless possibilities. Right? And so being discipled is I walk into a situation and I'm not trying to form opinion based on my history and experience. I am trying to base my opinion and what is possible based on the God that's already been there and desires heaven on earth. And it doesn't mean you get it right every time. Like Peter, he, he jumped in the water, he walked, he fell. I don't know if he ever tried again, but his heart was, I'm gonna, I might fall, but I'm going to go for it, you know? What's possible? Right? He was, at that point, he was saying his heart was fully committed to I'm being discipled by Jesus. If you walk on water, I'm walking on water. Right? And so he saw what Jesus was doing and he jumped in. And I think Jesus is giving the same invitation of like, I want you just to seek me and watch what I'm doing and then just come do what I'm doing. Simplify it. Right? Amen. All right. You know, we have to even move beyond just that simply the gospel is that we are forgiven. That is part of the gospel, but it is the gospel of the kingdom in which there is a king, and he is savior, he is ruler, he is our everything, and within that kingdom, there is a truth that we are fully forgiven. But there is also in this kingdom, we have an inheritance, right? And so I believe the Lord wants to change our thinking to where, okay, it's not always going to be easy. It's not all about me. It's not all about me. But I get to be, I, I am part of this kingdom. And I get to experience all of the benefits and all of the goodness in it. I am an heir of this kingdom. That should be exciting. The kingdom is not all about you. It's all about him. But you get to be a part of it. You get, to, you get to experience all of it. You get to inherit all of it, right? But it comes from learning to be a disciple, right? Um, man, I've got so much more. You know, I believe, I want to say this. I believe as believers, as people who are committing to be disciples of Jesus, that we must learn patience, we must learn humility, and we must learn faithfulness. Did you know in the Bible, the word for faith and faithfulness is the same word? You know, the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. You know, without faithfulness, it's impossible to please the Lord. As I believe that the Lord calls us to continually come before him. I'm continually walking this out with him. I'm constantly coming to the table of the Lord to learn from him. Amen? And I believe he's inviting us into that. So maybe for you, you're saying, this isn't about whether you've been a good or bad Christian. Okay, I hear people say that, well, I'm just not a good Christian. I'm saying, well, the truth is, you're just not, you, you haven't made the decision to be discipled. This isn't, a, for too long, I, I believe the, this, this is another thing that has to change for us. Let me, 
if I could have permission to maybe just change your mind this morning, is we can no longer be Christian by name and not by nature. Okay? We become Christian by name when we simply say, here are a set of rules and beliefs that I'm trying to live up to. We become Christian by nature when we actually walk in close proximity, fully surrendered to Jesus. Every aspect of our lives, here it all is, Lord. My children, my family, my marriage, my job, Lord, it's all. You, you want good for me. I believe that. So I can trust you with my entire life. I can entrust you with all the junk in my past. I need you. Can we just say that together to the Lord? I need you. It's the truth. But I, I just feel like this for someone today, and it's probably multiple people, but you are hearing what I'm saying, and you're saying, I want that so badly. But there's a place in your heart that's so unwilling to let go of something else. You feel entitled to the way you feel about that. And it's robbing you. You think, you think it's adding to you, but it's robbing you. That hurt, that event, that thing that happened, you're holding on your perspective, how you saw it, what happened. And the Lord's saying, I know it wasn't easy. I know it was tragic. I know you didn't deserve that. But as long as you hold on to the way you see it, he said, as long as you're holding on, I can't heal it. It's that, not that he's not powerful enough. It's just that you're not letting him. He doesn't force himself on you. And today, he has nothing but love and affection for you. He has nothing but goodness for you. His heart's kind towards you. He's not trying to control you, but he's constantly inviting you to who he is. He is the great inviter. He is the great initiator. He initiates it all. And for some of you, he wants to bring you out of the place even where you thought small about him. He is inviting you into a life where what you see, he's enlarging. With the possibilities, what could be. So Jesus, we just say yes to you. Could we just stand this morning? You know... You know, when Jesus called his disciples, or the first ones, they were fishing, which is awesome. But um, when he said, come and follow me, they immediately dropped everything to follow him. It says immediately they dropped their nets and followed him. The proper response to Jesus' invitation is immediately. It's immediate. He's worthy of our immediately. It's not, I got a few things I gotta get right in my life, a few things I gotta get in order, a few things I gotta get out my system. It is immediate. It is right here, right now, Jesus, I need you. 
And this is what I've done. In these last few minutes, I've asked the team if they would just lead us in one more song. And I want this just to be a moment for you to respond to the Lord's invitation. I'm not asking you to come out your seats. I'm not asking you to do anything crazy. I'm asking you just to set your eyes on Jesus and say, Lord, search me. Has my heart made the decision to be fully discipled by you? Have I entrusted you with everything? Is it my desire to know you? Have I given you your rightful place in my life? And so as they lead us this morning, I just want you to set your eyes on him. Say, Jesus, maybe for you it's saying, Jesus, I'm, I'm here. I'm fully yours. Disciple me. Teach me. Lead me. Jesus, here we are. Thank you for tuning in to our Sermon of the Week. For more information, please visit us at thewellspringchurch.org.